fruitcake and family, they're sometimes the same. Traveling in meals and sweaters quite lame. Shopping in carols and lights that won't light. Trimming the tree as you try not to fight. Presents and stockings impatient young stares. Your Christmas still isn't as complicated as theirs. Well, Merry Christmas. Great to see you guys. Welcome to Seacoast Church. My name is Josh Surratt. I'm one of the pastors here and uh, just excited about uh, the holidays, Christmas coming up and the chance to worship together. I uh, want to welcome all of our campuses that are joining us. You know, you may be here for the first time and uh, you hear us talk about campuses and don't understand that. Let me tell you a little bit about our Seacoast family uh, for a minute. We are one church that meets on 13 different locations. And so uh, here in the Charleston area, we've got campuses in uh, Mount Pleasant. We've got one in McClellanville. Then over on the west side, we got West Ashley and James Island and Sea Island uh, campuses out there. The Sea Island campus meets at uh, St. John's High School. Then we've got North Charleston campus. We have a campus in Somerville. Um, and then if you kind of head up towards the Mid Midlands, you've got Manning campus in Manning, South Carolina. We have two in Columbia. We have our Columbia campus and our Irmo campus. And then we also have a campus in Greenville, South Carolina, uh, up in the upstate. And um, last but certainly not least, up in the foothills, uh, we have our Asheville campus. Those are our physical locations. And then we have thousands of people that join us online at our uh, church online internet campus as well. So uh, we want to welcome all of you. We're glad that y'all are with us. want to highlight though our Columbia campus this weekend. We uh, have met in Columbia. They, they were actually the first campus that we launched um, and th they have had a terrible location. I mean, I, I get lost every time I go to Columbia. So for years we've been praying for a new location and they finally found one. We, we bought them a building this year and uh, they upfitted the building, worked really hard on it, had their first services in the new building last weekend. So they're meeting this weekend in the new building and then their public launch is going to be on Christmas Eve. And so they've been blanketing Columbia with uh, invitations and mailers and personal invites. And I know they've been praying for family and friends uh, to come join them as they launch publicly in their new space on Christmas Eve. And so I thought we'd start today just by praying for our Columbia campus and all that God's doing up there. So would you guys at all of our campuses join me as we pray for Columbia. God, we thank you so much for uh, the, the, the ministry that you have happening in, in the Columbia area. God, I thank you for Chris and Abby and the team in Columbia and uh, just all of the people who've poured so much into this building. And we all know that a building doesn't change a single life, God, but it's a, it's a vehicle that you've given them. And I pray, Lord, that you would bring a, a mighty harvest up in Columbia through them. We pray for their Christmas Eve services there and at all of our campuses that you would just draw people to yourself that, that maybe don't know you, uh, maybe that feel distant from you right now so that they can experience just good news of great joy. And uh, we thank you for today. Uh, I pray, Lord, that you'd speak uh, through me in spite of myself, that you would uh, just uh, impact every one of us that are here uh, right where we're at. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Awesome. Well, hey, have you guys ever had an experience where you just kind of realized it dawned on you that your family was a little more complicated than, than you thought? Uh, I don't know if it, like you've ever brought somebody new to a family gathering and you realize, man, I got a lot of explaining that I need to do before we go into this situation. <laughs> Some things you need to understand about our family that may be different. I know I had a, one of those experiences kind of realizing my family's complicated. When we did family photos recently, can we all agree just to not do those anymore? Like, I love family pictures. I love the, the end product and, you know, being able to put them on Christmas cards and all that fun stuff. But man... 
I could do without the process of, of getting family photos. I don't know what it's like in your home, but in our home, when we do family photos, as parents, we will go to any measure to get our kids to, to do what we want them to do. I mean, we, we have a stockpile of candy and marshmallows and all these things that we're passing out, uh, just bribing them basically to smile and pretend like that, that we all like each other. And, and so we're, we're like making promises that we have no intention of keeping. Like if you'll just smile, we'll go to Disney World tomorrow. Just whatever, whatever you need to do, right? Uh, and then if that doesn't work, like we're pinching them and, you know, kind of behind, like just smile, I'll, I'll go hard. No, no, I don't really do that. Well, sometimes. But, um, and so, so we got a family picture. I want to show you. This is my family, my crew, this is Lisa and, and me and our three kids. They're awesome. And, and that's, that's hard enough to get a family of five to smile for camera. But we, we got greedy this year and we decided let's bring all the grandchildren together. There's 14 grandchildren that are under the age of seven. My son, Miles, is the oldest. And so... Uh, we wanted to get a cool picture of all of those guys. And I'm telling you what, like I'll show you the picture. Uh, let's, let's look at that one real quick. Isn't that cute? Got 14 of them. Here's the reality. This is the best one we got. And if you look closely, on the left, we got a baby getting ready to get dropped. Um, if you go towards the middle, uh, there's a, a young girl there. And she has recently picked something out of her nose. And she's trying to decide how she's going to eat that, you know, how she wants that prepared. My son has got his finger right in the middle of the nose with one hand, and other hand holding a newborn baby. That's like, a, a, I don't know, a three-week-old at the time. And uh, that what you can't see is the smell of stinky diapers that's in the air. You've got, you know, kids that are fighting with each other. You've got babies that are grumpy. You've got grandparents that are grumpy. Um, it's just crazy. It's chaos, and all for this one moment that we can kind of put on a Christmas card. It kind of reminds me of sometimes of coming to church in the morning. You know, you, you got all... Chaos breaking loose in the car, but you pull up to the parking lot and you're like, we're going to smile and we're going to get through this. And people are going to think we're all right, all right? Just let's not talk about it. But, but you know, we're, we're in a series right now called Christmas. It's complicated. And we can all agree that Christmas, I mean, I love, I love this season. I really do. We had our tree up like two weeks before Thanksgiving this year. We were like all in, ready to go. Love Christmas, but it's complicated. I mean, we all can agree on that, whether it's hanging up lights. I know I, I almost use some bowling words that I know some of you use on a regular basis, but I almost use them uh, getting the lights going. And you've got, of course, the people in your home that, that you don't have a clue what to buy them. Uh, my dad is, is one of those guys. You just don't know what to get him, and that, that's hard. You've got parties to go to, right? You've got the work party and the neighborhood party and the family parties and babysitters to line up. And, and just Christmas in and of itself is great, but it's complicated. And uh, we've been talking about some different aspects of the Christmas story that are complicated. But I would, I would argue that one of the more complicated things about Christmas is that day that we all gather together. For some of us, it'll be Christmas Day. You get some extended family, different backgrounds, different maybe uh, views on life, all under one roof, and, and we, we have a meal together. And it can be complicated because our families are complicated. Some of you guys have really complicated families. I, I thought I'd talk for a minute about some ingredients that make for a good family drama. I mean the kind of family drama that could be on reality TV. And there's some, some ingredients to a good family drama. The first one is confusion, right? I mean, when there's confusion at the table, and for many of us there will be this Christmas, it leads to some drama. I remember the first time I brought Lisa to a Surratt family gathering, and I failed to do the explaining that, that was necessary on the front end. And, and so we were driving home, and she goes, what just happened there? 
It's like, what, what are you talking about? She said, I have no idea what was going on. And this is like the grandparents and the uncles. And she said, everybody talks at the same time about different things and nobody listens and nobody seems to care. Like, well, we're preachers. That's what we do. We just talk. It doesn't matter if any, it's like, it's normal for me. What's, what's your problem? And then when I go to her family gatherings, she comes from a, a blended family, you know, where there's, um, you know, people from different moms. And, and by the end, I was like, can, can you, like, can you do like an org chart just to show me how everybody's connected? I have no idea. Some of you guys, your family's like that. Love each other. Great. But it's a little bit confusing. Can create some, some drama. Another ingredient to a good family drama is complexity. Complexity. What, what do I mean by that? This year when, when our families gather together, uh, chances are that there's going to be somebody in the room who's had a great year. It's been a banner year for them, maybe financially or, you know, they got a promotion and they're feeling good about that. Or maybe uh, just they've fallen in love this year or maybe they've fallen in love again and, and their heart is just full and it's been a good year. And at the same table, there's probably going to be somebody who's maybe had a difficult year this year. Maybe financially it's, it's not been that way. And, and they, they would have loved to have been able to, to buy nice gifts for everybody, but they just couldn't do what they wanted to do because of whatever situation. Maybe they've experienced some heartbreak this year and, and we're all gathering together at the same table and it's complex and it's, it's complicated. I remember eight years ago, our family during the holiday season was getting together uh, for a Christmas gathering and Lisa and I had a secret. We had some news that we were excited to share. We were pregnant with our first child. She was mostly pregnant and I was along for the ride, but, but we were excited. Uh, the first grandchild and, and the Surratt family and we had kind of planned on how we were gonna make this announcement and just kind of a cool, exciting moment for us. And that day uh, that we were getting re- t- together with our family, we, we learned some news that my sister, Jenny, who had longed to be pregnant and had already experienced a couple of failed pregnancies had experienced her third uh, failed pregnancy uh, that week. And this wasn't just a failed pregnancy, it was an ectopic pregnancy and, and it had done some damage and the doctors weren't sure if she was gonna be able to have children. And, and so you had such a wide range of emotions and it's like, well, how do we handle this? We wanna be happy, but we, you know, obviously we're, we're mourning and it was complex. And, and I remember that day um, ended with uh, my wife and my sister spent just a lot of time in a, a bathroom just crying and praying and, you know, hugging. And it was just complex and it created some, some drama. And many of you may be dealing with, with similar types of situations and it just, it's an ingredient to, to family drama. It could be, I remember the first Christmas that we had uh, after Lisa's sister had died in a plane crash and it was just like you want to be happy about the season, but you also have just this heaviness and it's, it's just co- complex, you know, it's, it's, it, it, it makes a complicated situation. Another ingredient would be uh, change, right? Uh, you got confusion, complexity, change can lead to a good family drama. Have you ever brought a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend uh, to the table? You realize, man, change, change can make things a little bit more dramatic. You're all trying to figure out, do we, do we just let it all hang out and show them who we really are here? Or do we, do we fake it for a couple of hours and hope that they might come back? It, it just changes things. It makes it hard. Some of you guys have, have someone in your family that brings a new person every single year, right? It's like, where's Bob? Oh, Bob was last year. This is Dave. He's cool too, though. He's, you know, I had one family that they, they, didn't, that, that they, they had a hard time dealing with change. And so they, they didn't take the picture of the last husband 
off the family portrait wall and the new husband had been for like two or three years and he's like, could you please like, you know, I, I'm here, you know, it's like some of us don't handle change very well. An- another ingredient uh, is, of course, you can't have a good family drama without conflict, right? Conflict where there's tension in the air, you know, uh, many of our families have the, the uncle, right? The drunkle, he's been drinking long before he showed up to the family gathering, you know. Uh, we call him Uncle Jason in our home. I'm just kidding. I'm joking. That is not true. He threatened me when he heard me say that with uh, Christmas presents. He said, you don't give me good gifts anyway, so it's not a big deal. No, but some of us do. We got that, that person, you know, uh, in our home. Or maybe it's a sibling rivalry. I met somebody in, our, in the last service here at Seacoast that is connected to the Hatfield and McCoy rivalry. And there are some of us that we got that going on. You know, there's tension, there's conflict in the home. And maybe it's even just with your, your spouse. You know, I know there have been many Christmas Eves that my wife and I have stayed up all night putting together toys or kitchen sets or whatever. And by the time we get to the family gathering, there's a little bit of conflict going on. You know, there's lack of sleep and it, it can make it, uh, make it a little bit dramatic. All of these things, though, uh, lead to a good drama, but the, the last one, connection, really pulls it all together. Because we could have conflict, we could have complexity and confusion and change, but if we don't love each other, if we're not connected, if there's not something that holds us together, then we can just move on, right, and, and go about our separate ways. But, but in all of that, there's this sense of connection. We're family. You know, we're, we're connected to one another. And in the South, I can talk about my family you can talk about your family, but don't you talk about my family, right? We will have a fight on our hands because we are connected in all of our dysfunction and all of the drama. We love each other. And it means we got to learn how to live together, how to, how to experience maybe some peace in our homes in, in spite of the drama. So our family's going to get together in a few days, however you define the word family. And, and, and we're going to exchange maybe some gifts and a meal together and it's going to be complicated. Uh, it's it's going to be challenging. There's going to be some circumstances that are beyond our control. I wonder if we could look at the Christmas story together and see if we can learn how we could experience an incredible Christmas in the midst of the complicated family situations that we all have. So we're going to do that together. The first uh, kind of deal on your outline sheet is, is the reality we all know by now. Every family has drama, right? Every family's got a little bit of this going on. Uh, if your family didn't have drama, it did when you got there, okay? You may not know that, but, but it's just reality. But the second thing that's kind of cool about the Christmas story is that God's family has drama. God's family has drama. Think about this. God could have done this any way that he chose. He, he wasn't backed into a corner and had to kind of uh, come up with a, a, a second or third or fourth best case scenario. He could have done anything he wanted to. He could have come as the king in a palace and ruled over nations but, but, but if you look at the Christmas story, it was complicated, very complicated. I want to look at the Matthew account, Matthew chapter 1, and I'm skipping the first 17 verses, uh, which is the genealogy, and even if you studied that, you'd realize, man, the family history, the lineage of Jesus has murder, it's got adultery, it's got prostitution, it's got all kinds of drama, conflict. But, but let's look at Matthew 1, verse 18. It says, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Hold on a second. Time out. Pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Has that ever happened before? Like, well, 
confusion. I mean, uh, this is a, a young girl, 13, 15, something like that. Don't know exactly how old she was, but a young girl. And all of a sudden, she's pregnant. She knows it's not from Joseph. She knows it's not anything that she did. And like, how does this work? I imagine she had questions. Let's, let's keep moving. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to, to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. How many of that didn't happen overnight? The range of emotions Joseph must have felt. I mean, I, I love this woman. I, I want to be married to this woman, but I, I'm, I'm faithful to the law, but I don't want to dishonor her. And so how do I do this? What, what's, how, how are we going to handle this situation? And he finally decides, uh, we're going to divorce, but we're going to do it quietly. And we're going to do it in a way that, that, that doesn't shame you. And I know that many of us have experienced the pain and difficulty of divorce, and you know that doesn't happen without conflict, without confusion and complexity, and there's all this stuff going on. The story continues, after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. It's amazing how we can just read through that. An angel shows up in a dream. That's, that's different. You know, that's, that's a little complicated. And the angel says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So this is the story of God coming to earth. <laughs> You know, could have done it any way that he wanted to, and we see confusion, we see complexity, we see conflict, very, very difficult, complicated circumstances. And I find a lot of hope in that, because what it tells me is we love and serve a God who understands our complication, who isn't above it, he's not outside of it, he's, he, he steps towards complication instead of away from it. And some of us, we have family situations that are, we can laugh about it a little bit, but honestly, they're, they're difficult and they're complicated. And, and what I want to tell you today is that you are the reason that Jesus came. He would say later in life, I didn't come for the healthy, I came for the sick. I step into complication. I'm not afraid of your drama. I want to I be there in the midst of it. God's family has drama. You know, what's cool is there's connection too, though. You see how God's family, Jesus, this baby, brings together people of all kinds of different backgrounds. You've got uh, the, the shepherds. You guys remember them? They're, they're by nature, they, they would have been the last to find out about this. I'm thinking of, I'm God. I'm, I'm going to make an announcement in the church announcements, right? I mean, you're going to tell the, his people first, but he sends his best worship team to this field and tells these shepherds about it, who by, by, by their what they do for a living, they would have been unclean. They wouldn't, be, and they wouldn't be allowed to go into the temple. And God tells them first and he brings them. And then he's, you got these wise men who are thinkers and they're, they're stargazers from the east and they're intellectual, they're wealthy, they're on the, a different side of the spectrum and he brings them together. And you've got uh, Jesus would, would bring together tax collectors in his life and Pharisees, religious people, non-religious people, all connected through this baby, through Jesus. His family is complicated. His family has drama. And it, you know what? It still does. I love our church. Uh, our church is a great church. 
wouldn't want to be a part of any other one, but guess what? It's got drama. Uh, there's conflict in our church. There's relationships that experience difficulty and complexity and all this stuff. We're in small group together. We got people on different ends of the political spectrum or of the economic spectrum, and we all come together. We're brought together. We're connected through Jesus, through this baby. So our family has drama. God's family has drama. Guess what? We don't get to choose. <laughs> We're all going to be participants in a family drama this year. Uh, but what we can choose is what's my role going to be? What's my role in the family drama? That's what I want to do for the rest of the time that we have together. Let's talk about what are some potential roles that we could play in our family situation that maybe it would turn uh, what could be a bad situation into a great one. A couple of possibilities. Three roles we can play in our family's drama. The first one we can do, I can play the role of a peacemaker instead of a drama queen. I can play the role of a peacemaker instead of a drama queen. How many of you guys know a drama queen? I mean, let's just, don't point, all right? Just, uh, all right, all right. Yeah, we all know someone who's a drama queen. I, I have a five-year-old daughter. Do I need to say anything more, right? I mean, she loves drama. And, and you know, like if, if Frozen, you know, the Let It Go comes on, she will sing that thing and she will act it out. And, you know, she's, uh, when she gets hurt, we all know about it. It's, I mean, it's a full-fledged show and, and it's cute. It's fine. It, it's, it's, it's wonderful. And a five-year-old. But, but some of us, we, we never grew out of that. And we all know somebody who's got a flair for the dramatic, right? I mean, maybe at your office, you know, you got these people, they just know how to stir the pot rather than settle it down, right? I mean, if, if talk comes their way, they're going to spread it. They're going to stir it. They're going to let people know about it. They're going to make it big, magnify it rather than settle it down. Some of us have someone like that in our family. And frankly, some of us, we are that person. You know, we tend to, 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 to make things bigger than they need to be. Maybe on social media. You know, something happens and we, we blow it up and we put it out there. We want everyone to know about it. We, we make things bigger with current events. You know, we all know there's issues and difficulty in our country, but there are some people that just have a way of kind of stirring the pot and making it bigger, making, it, making sure they get everything out of it. There are some people whose job is to make things bigger. They're drama queens. What if we decided, I'm not going to be that this Christmas. I'm going to be a peacemaker. I'm going to be a peacemaker this Christmas. Jesus came. And one of the roles that he came to play was the prince of peace. He's not a drama queen. He came to bring peace. And, and he said in Matthew 5, verse 9, uh, one of his most famous sermons, he said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. He's the prince of peace, and he's called us to be peacemakers. What would it look like for you to be a peacemaker this Christmas? Look at Romans twelve eighteen. It says, If possible... So far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all people. wonder what it would look like for us to say, you know what, I'm going to be a peacemaker this year. A couple of ideas. For some of us, it might mean that uh, we're going to need to forgive somebody. Being a peacemaker is going to take you. So you know what, I've been, I've been hurt. There's, there's been an offense. And I'm going to make peace by choosing to forgive. And in some cases, all the family knows that when, when you come together with this other person, there's a potential for fireworks. There's potential for drama. What if you said, you know what, not this year. I'm going to be a peacemaker. I'm going to choose to forgive. I'm not saying that I'm acknowledging or I'm, I'm saying that what, what they did is okay. 
or that's right. I'm not even saying that they've asked for forgiveness. Sometimes they never will, but we can go, you know what? I'm choosing to be a peacemaker. I'm gonna forgive. I'm not gonna let this offense that in some cases happened years ago, I'm not gonna let it cause issues and drama in our home or in our workplace or in our church family this year. I'm choosing to forgive. You know, others of us might be on the other side of that and, and we don't need to forgive, but we need to ask for forgiveness. Maybe we've done something or said something and whether we intended it or not, it's, it's caused a wound. It's landed in a way and we just need to humble ourselves, bring some humble pie to the family meal this year and go, you know what, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. And, and I can defend myself, I can you know, justify, I can do that all day long, but if I'm gonna be a peacemaker, I might just need to humble myself and say, I am sorry. Acknowledge the fact that for some of you, there's people in your home that are, they're trying to figure out how to handle you this Christmas. You know, we come in and just be humble and go, you know what, there may be some things that I bring to the table that, that flare things up, that cause things to be dramatic. I'm gonna be a peacemaker this year. Maybe it doesn't have anything to do with forgiveness. Maybe it's establishing some boundaries. Maybe some of us need to be peacemakers by establishing some boundaries. Now, I know when Lisa and I first got married, we, we didn't know what it meant to be a couple and how to have boundaries. And I remember us having some conversations with different family members and we were like, you know what, we're just gonna put some boundaries in place. Uh, we're not gonna answer the phone after a certain time at night and uh, it, we'd love to have you over, but if you could just let us know, that would be really helpful. And now we have kids, we don't care if you tell us, you come, as long as you take a kid with you, you can come anytime you want, right? We, we change, the boundaries change as our, our families kind of change shape, but but some of us, we may need that. There may be a, a boundary that's being violated and it's causing stress for you, for your family. It's causing maybe division and, and you being a peacemaker, maybe just having a loving but firm conversation about some boundaries. So who in your family or circle of friends do you need to make peace with this year? Are you willing to play the role of a peacemaker? Some of us, we just need to audition for that role every day. I'm gonna figure out how can I make peace? How can I be a voice that's gonna bring peace to the situation rather than being a drama queen? So that's one role that we can play. A second role that we could play in, in, in the Christmas this year, the family drama, is I can play the role of Hope Peddler instead of Debbie Downer. <laughs> I can play the role of Hope Peddler instead of Debbie Downer. Would you agree there's plenty of bad news today? Plenty of opportunities to to be discouraged. I, I, I don't know about you, but I, I've got a lot of people in my life, again, social media that, man, you know, you, they're just, they're downers. I mean, they're, it, oh, the, this country is, and, and I agree, there's some issues. We got major issues. I'm not saying we put our head in the sand, but we, we don't have to be Debbie Downers. We all know people that when they call, you're like, oh, this is gonna be a discouraging conversation, right? Or, you know, how you doing? Oh, I'm okay, you know, been better. You know, just kind of down on life, down on, you know, whatever. Don't point again. You know, this is just, we're talking in theory here, not the person sitting next to you. But what if we decided, you know what? Jesus is the hope of the world. I'm gonna be a hope peddler. I'm, I, I'm gonna be a voice of more. I'm gonna be a voice of encouragement in people's lives. What if we took that posture this year? If Jesus is the hope of the world, I have no reason not to believe that the best is yet to come. I have no reason not to believe that God has a plan for my life, a plan for your life, a plan to prosper us, to give us a hope and a future. I'm not gonna be a Debbie Downer. I'm not gonna be a discourager. I'm gonna be a voice of more. 
You know, when that angel came to the shepherds, he didn't come saying, it's all falling apart. He came saying, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that's going to cause great joy for all the people. Good news. Church, we celebrate good news this Christmas. Let's be unashamed in how we pass that along, how we speak encouragement to other people. Be a voice of more. Be a voice of encouragement. Is there somebody in your home that's discouraged this year? Maybe it's had a tough year. And you know that it's, it's been down and, and, and we're not ignoring it. We're not pretending like it didn't happen. How could you be a, a, a voice of more for them? How could you speak life into that person this year? If we were a hope peddler, that may be inviting somebody to a Christmas Eve service with you. To go, you know what, I, I want you to come because we're gonna talk about good news. We're gonna talk about great joy. You're gonna walk out of here feeling encouraged. And for some, it may change their life. Let's be hope peddlers instead of Debbie Downers. The third role that we can play this Christmas season is we can be a love giver, not a hater. Who in the words of the great theologian Taylor Swift gonna hate, 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 right? Shake it off, shake it off. Let's be love givers this year. Let's be love givers. You remember when Jesus uh, had a conversation with somebody that said, hey, what's the most important thing? What, what's the, the greatest commandment? He could have gone through all the law. What did he say? He said, the biggest deal is that you need to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Be a love giver, first of all, to God. Some of us need to just open up our hearts to God this year and worship. Maybe even today as we do response time in all of our campuses, we're gonna, you know what, I'm gonna be a love giver. I'm not gonna hold back from you. Maybe I've sort of been on board intellectually but in my heart, I've been closed off. Maybe there's a wound there that's caused us not to be willing to do it. I'm gonna be a love giver this Christmas to God. But Jesus didn't stop there. He said, that's the greatest and first commandment, but a second is like it. You should love your neighbor as yourself, right? On these two commandments, the whole law, all of the prophets, be a love giver. Love other people, love your family this year. Jesus, you know, uh, came out of love. I mean, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. God's a love giver. Some of us, you know, we, we know the phrase, it's better to give than to receive, right? And we all believe that. But as it pertains to being a love giver, I wonder if some of us don't need to learn to receive before we can give. I know uh, one of our pastors, Chip, talks about how we all walk into a room with a, a love cup that's either full or empty. You know, we either have that cup filled by God, we learn to receive the Father's love, to know that He's proud of us. And if, if we're full, then when we walk into any room, we don't need anybody else to fill that. We don't, need any, we don't need anything from other people. We're full with God's love. But if we walk into a room empty, we're, we're, what, we're, we're, we're expecting other people to fill it. What if we just decided, I want to receive your love today? I was kind of preaching this message to Miles. Uh, my seven-year-old this week, pray for him. Being a pastor's kid, you got to hear sermons like on the drive to school or whatever. And so I just, you know, I figure if a seven-year-old can't understand it, then I need to work on it a little bit more. And so I was going through the points and talking to him about being a peacemaker and, you know, a hope peddler and a love giver. And he said, Dad, I, I think it's a good message. I do. Uh, I can get on board with love, uh, with peacemaker, with hope peddler. He said, I I'm kind of struggling though with being a love giver. And I said, really, why? He said, well, I mean, I love you and I love mom and even my sisters most of the time. 
But he said, there's one kid in class and I don't think I can love him. In fact, nobody in my class loves him. I was like, Miles, what are you, what are you talking about? He said, well, he's just mean. You know, he's, he pushes kids on the playground and he, he, he talks bad about us and I just don't know if I can love him. I was like, well, bud, I wonder why. I wonder why he acts that way towards you. And he said, I don't know. But he said, I ride the bus with him. And every day when he gets on the bus, he's got a sister. These, my son's in first grade. He's got a sister who's in eighth grade. And he said, she makes him cry almost every day on the bus. She beats him up. She calls him names. And, and maybe that's why he's so mean to us. And I said, huh. Yeah, I don't pretend to speculate or know what's going on in that home. Uh, it's, it's none of our business. But I said, I, I wonder if he receives love at home. And I said, I don't think he does. I said, so I wonder where he's gonna receive love if he's not getting it at home. He said, well, maybe I guess, I guess he could receive it from me at school. I said, yeah. You know, and some of us, we are that kid. You know, we've been maybe hard to love, maybe never really opened ourselves up, maybe never had an adequate uh, display of what love should look like. Never got that at home, never got that growing up. I wanna encourage you to open up your heart to receive God's love today. He's proud of you. He doesn't expect anything from you. He's already done all the heavy lifting. Bible says while we were still sinners, before we did anything well, Christ died for us. He made a way for us to have peace with God. He loved us. In fact, the Bible says that we love because he first loved us. And some of us, I just wanna encourage you, today's gonna be the day that you open up your heart to receive God's love. Others of us were like my son. There are some people that, that we're kind of dreading maybe getting together with in the next couple of days because they're just gonna be hard to love. If they can't experience love through you, who are they gonna experience it through? Let's be love givers this Christmas. Let's play that role. Let's reach out, dig deep. Pray that God will give us a heart to be able to love others this Christmas. So what's your family situation look like? Is it complicated? I was thinking about mine. Uh, ours is complicated, as I said, and we got issues just like the rest of us. But by and large, we're, we're, we're hoping to experience a relatively peaceful Christmas this year. God's restored some things. And I was thinking about that and just thanking God for that this week. And I thought, you know why that is? It's one, one woman many, many years ago. If you've been coming to Seacoast very long, you may have heard the story, but my great, 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 great grandmother was the first woman ever to be hung by the United States government uh, and the conspiracy to kill Abraham Lincoln. Her son, John Surratt, was also uh, convicted in the same crime, uh, except he was a coward and ran and allowed his mom to die uh, for, for his sin. And then all through the years, generations, that's kind of what we were. Uh, bootleggers, moonshiners, just bad people. My great-grandfather had bullet holes uh, all through his chest from gunfights that he'd been in and my great-grandmother, uh, one woman decided one day, actually a, a revival came through her little town in Oklahoma and she committed her life to Christ. She decided, I'm gonna receive God's love. Nothing else is working. And that one decision changed the story of my entire family. Eventually her husband would meet Christ and open himself up to the love of God and then he would become a preacher and his kids who are my grandparents, uh, my grandfather and his siblings, uh, great uncles, all ended up going into full-time ministry. My dad and his cousins and siblings, all full-time ministry, grew up in homes that knew how to love, receive and, and give 
love. And I grew up in a home uh, that, that uh, I'm very blessed. Now I'm serving in ministry. My brother serves in ministry. Several of our cousins, sisters serve in ministry. And it all happened because one person said, I'm gonna end the curse. I I'm gonna open myself up to receive God's love. Could that be you today? Could you be a person, maybe not on that dramatic of a scale, but could you be the person that's gonna change the tide for your family because you're opening yourself up to receive God's love and then to give it away freely. Let's pray together as we close. God, I thank you so much for uh, every person gathered today in all of our campuses. God, we love you. We thank you that every family is unique. We thank you that every family has drama. We wish it didn't, but uh, we, we know that it does. And so God, I pray, Lord, that uh, we would become an army of people, Lord, that would play the roles of peacemaker where there's stress or maybe division in our home. We play the role of hope peddlers, God. We're gonna be a voice of more. And we play the role of love giver in our home, God. And maybe you've placed us in our families for a reason. And you're allowing us to be a part of a family that's gonna gather together this Christmas season for a reason. Let us be a vessel that would change the way the story's written about our homes. In Jesus' name, amen.